next speaker um, is a Syrian uh, activist and filmmaker. In 2015, he spent 87 days traveling to Europe. And it was a journey that he filmed using a GoPro camera. Footage of it formed part of the uh, BBC documentary Exodus, Our Journey to Europe, which was nominated for a BAFTA. Um, he now lives in London and he continues to campaign um, and bring us to mind of what's happening in Syria. He's going to tell us a bit about his thoughts about what's been happening there recently. Um, it's Hassan Akkad. Sorry. Hi. Um, so, correction. It was it was nominated. It won a BAFTA. It was it didn't just get nominated. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah. So, um, uh, just um, just gonna, I'm gonna go back in time for a bit. I'm gonna go back to prior March 15, 2011. Prior to prior to most of the world knowing about Syria. I mean, it's uh, it was it was hardly mentioned in the news. Syria. There wasn't much talked about it. We got some tourists here, like now and then, in the old city where I'm come from, from Damascus. But it wasn't, uh, it didn't get that much of attention, and I, I wish it would stay like that. Syria before, all, Syria before March 2011 was a uh, normal country with a normal economy, uh, great people, great culture, but it was a, um, a police state run. So on the surface, everything is going fine and dandy, but under that, there are dungeons and prisons where people get imprisoned even if they joke about the president. I have a friend who once made a joke about the president, got chucked in prison. And it was a story that happened to thousands. The Arab Spring, as you've seen on the news, ignited in Tunisia and waved through the Middle East until we knew for a fact that it was going to arrive in Syria. And it did. It did arrive in Syria in the shape of eight to nine... Um, uh, school kids, 11 years old, writing uh, a graffiti on the wall. The people demand the failure. The, the the people demand the removal of the regime. The famous slogan of the Arab Spring. No one hesitated to take part of the uh, the, the protests, including myself. You can't. Uh, I was uh, I was quite. I mean, I had a very comfortable life. I uh, I was uh, I was a photographer, and I I was uh, a school teacher, and. Uh, but you, you cannot not join uh, these amazing protests waving throughout the country, demanding freedom and liberty and equality. Uh, I remember my, the first protest I ever participated in, it was in a mosque. And mosques are big deals in a Muslim country like Syria. It's a big deal. And I remember the imam, which is the priest, saying that if you protest because all the imams basically are paid by the, it's all propaganda, they're paid by the government. He's saying, if you, if you protest against the regime, you're going to hell. And I, I, I could, within two seconds, someone got up and told the imam to, to shut the fuck up. <laughs> and that is a massive deal if you, if you I mean, because you can't say that in a mosque. No way. And that was it. People, they, they, the, they broke the glass ceiling. And uh, for the first time in history, we could hear our own voices. We were no longer, our voices were no longer muffled by regime forces. Um, for me personally, I, um, I, I, I started filming protests. 
put, put, put these footage online so people can see what's going on. Uh, I wanted people to see that um, we are peaceful and they are armed and, use, and uh, shooting us down. Until I got in trouble. <laughs> and uh, I got in big trouble. I, um, it was uh, uh, Ramadan, fifth day of Ramadan. And I was in protest and uh, it's all going well until I got caught by the, the word is mukhabarat. Mukhabarat in Arabic is a secret police. And it's, it's, it's not good news. So uh, personally, I got caught, I got thrown in prison, um, and I got heavily tortured. Uh, I got all my limbs broken, my legs and my arms and my ribs. And it was, um, it was terrible because uh, it's my own police force, you know? <laughs> they are the guys who should, should, should protect me, not the ones who, are, should, who should do this to me. And... Um, um, What's harder than the physical scars are the emotional scars that they, the, they, got, they get dug under the physical scars. And these are the ones that you cannot move on from. I stayed in prison for 14 days and I lost 14 kilos. And I call it the prison diet because it's incredible. <laughs> I, 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 I can never lose that weight, uh, that much weight in, in such a short time. And I now find it, it's, it's good to be facetious about this because uh, it's my only way of coping with what happened. My, um, I was released from prison and I was um, banned from teaching and I was uh, banned from practicing any career. And it was a sort of, uh, it was a sort of pushing you off, pushing you away, pushing you off the, the edge, off the cliff. And um, I think what stuck with me is that it wasn't just... It wasn't, just about, it, it wasn't just about us opposing the regime or protesting. It was the fact that in, in Syria, you can't say no. You have to say yes the whole time. And when people rose up and said no for the first time, they wanted to teach them a lesson. My story isn't unique. Um, close to 50,000 people were tortured to death in prison. Their photos were leaked by someone called Caesar and taken to the UN, where they were viewed by people, by, the, by Western governments, but not, nothing was done about it. In prison, they made a man rape his own son in front of me. And it's, uh, it's, 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 it's sort of things that only like, animals wouldn't even do. So um, naturally, when, when that happens, you, you leave. And I left because uh, I couldn't feel safe in my own skin. Uh, I left not because I'm a coward or I should have stayed and fought or like everything we I started hearing in the Daily Mail since I got here. Why don't you stay and fight? And I left because I can't fight. I don't, I'm not violent. I don't know how to carry a weapon. And, I, and when things escalated and it became a civil war, it only made it to the news when chemical weapons were used. But when over 60,000 barrel bombs were dropped on Syrian towns, obliterating them, not, it, didn't make, it didn't make that much attention. A barrel bomb is a barrel full of crude chemicals and sharpnels and explosives. They drop it from helicopters and it literally kills everything, every, every living thing within a diameter of 15 miles. 
60,000 of them on all, all around Syria. I saw all of that when I was in Lebanon because I didn't want to come to Europe. I, similar to millions of Syrians, five to seven million Syrians, we left but we stayed in the region. Europe was never the destination. It's not like, it's not like when we are born, we're told from the cradle, oh, go to Europe, it's great there. I mean, it's good here. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, we didn't come to, it's, it's, never, it's never been about Europe. We stayed in the region. We stayed in Lebanon. We stayed in Iraq. We, I lived in Lebanon, lived in Turkey, lived in Egypt. And millions of Syrians did. No one wanted to come here. But when the world's on the blind eye, literally, when, 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 when there was no solution, when we... I'm sorry, it's just... It's, when we asked that people would intervene, when we asked that someone would come with a humanitarian intervention to stop this bloodshed, it never happened. And then when uh, everywhere you go, you get treated like shit. You're always like a second class. You're always looked at and like branded as a refugee. And it's not, I don't care being branded as a refugee. It doesn't really hurt me, but it's just, you miss, you miss the time before all of that happened. In 2015, I went on a boat, crossed the Aegean, went to Greece, and as Eleanor told you, I, uh, I was fed up with what was being said about refugees and migrants as like, oh, cockroaches or invaders, or here, come here, they're coming here for the Sharia, to establish Sharia Allah and all of that. So I decided to, to, to film it and uh, just to invite people to walk in my footsteps. To, to, I wanted people to know what it's like to flee a war-torn country and, and get to Europe. And the film went out and it, it, it won lots of awards and, and, and it was never about the awards but it pushed a lot of people to go out and help and volunteer around Europe and help refugees and it was great. But then like a few months ago when the potential, the, 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 the airstrikes that uh, took place against Assad, I was actually very struck by one thing and it's a point I want to make, is the people who helped me the most after getting here they were the ones who mostly told me that I was wrong about my about about I was wrong with my views about Syria because I wanted these strikes to happen, similar to all my family members and all my friends and everyone I know. I wanted I wanted a strikes against Assad. I knew that when you bomb uh, air bases where uh, chemical weapons are being launched from, you will cripple Assad's power, and that was going to stop him from killing more civilians. But I got people here, unfortunately, more from the left than the right, telling me that I was wrong. <laughs> I, uh, I sent a letter to Diane Abbott telling her that she was wrong during her interview on Channel 4, on Radio 4. And I got in a row with someone on Simon Jenkins, I think his name, telling me that it's absurd, it's not our, it's not our problem, we shouldn't, get, we shouldn't intervene. So I have a point to make. When, when, when we asked for strikes, we never asked for Iraq, for another Iraq. And any intervention in the Middle East, it doesn't mean an occupation. Every time you mention the word strikes, people say, oh, look what happened in Iraq. Iraq was an invasion. Iraq was a lie, it was an invasion. And they never mentioned Bosnia. Bosnia is never mentioned when we talk about Western intervention. Airstrikes should have happened in 2013, not now. No one, including myself, when we used to protest, we never asked for any boots to be sent on the ground. And it's, you can imagine how difficult it is for someone like me to, to call for airstrikes. But it's the only way of saving civilians. So I did, I did, I did ask for that. And uh, yeah, 
I got booed. But um, every UN solution now is uh, being vetoed by Russians. Uh, chemical weapons were proved to have happened recently in Khan Sheikhoun, in Ghouta. They've been proved to have taken place. Uh, pictures of tortured people were leaked. They were displayed in the UN. It's, not, it's everything, everything. Everything that you could imagine, every war against humanity that had happened in Syria has been proven to have taken place, but no one is being held to account. And uh, I don't want to end on a depressing point. <laughs> I am usually, I hate to be a drama queen. I, was, I used to be very funny, but I don't know, I lost my humor. <laughs> um, uh, I hope there will be a solution one day. I am at a point right now where I genuinely don't care. It was a cause that I almost died for, but it would be very selfish of me to be here in Cornwall and say, yeah, people should be fighting more. I just want this to be over. Because um, I'm sick of seeing, sick of, of, of seeing my country associated with blood and crimes and, anyways, there's quite a lot of charities who are doing incredible work in Syria, uh, including help refugees, the helprefugees.org.uk, they are, with them we are, we're funding um, hospitals and schools and, and uh, we're just doing our part of helping. So if you want to get involved, it'll be great to check it out. And I'm genuinely really sorry to be, to, to sound like this. I didn't mean to, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't, I'm not apologizing. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just, I just want to say that I sh myself and everyone I know from Syria, we, we, we miss that time of normality when we used to go like gigs and party and drinks and like have fun and have a good time and like, <laughs> and, I, and I hope, I don't know, I mean, every conflict had ended. I hope this one ends too. And uh, before I leave. I'm going to say, I want to thank you, Giles, for inviting me to do this. Uh, and thank you, guys. Cheers.